Well, good morning. Good to see all of you here, visitors who welcome you in the name of Jesus Christ. We're glad that you have come to be with us today. Ernie, you're in rare form. I think you need to stand up and show everyone. Yeah, there you go. You know, I always, I always try to outdress Ernie, but never accomplish it. He's always... Got some uh, announcements here in the, in the bulletin. You'll see the Christmas Eve services coming up. Each one of those services, we got, we got six in three different locations, um, is, is going to be a candlelight service where we light candles and sing uh, Silent Night at the end. So you're welcome to come to any of those. And if, uh, uh, if, if, if you are over in that area, if you live over... We're trying one at Carbon Cliff, and it will be at 7 o'clock. It's, uh, as you know, uh, uh, one of the locations that we have that we have not started a weekly worship service at yet. So last two years we've had Christmas Eve services, and they've been well-received, but uh, uh, it's one that we're going to try again. So pray for us on that one, and hopefully that many people from around the Carbon Cliff area will, will come and be a part of that. Other things that are listed there, as you can as you can see, that are coming up, and uh, this is the fourth Sunday of Advent. It's one that uh, uh, we know is the last Sunday before Christmas. Can you believe that? So we have four candles to light on the Advent wreath, and the Smice family is going to come up and help us with that. The scripture reading is from Luke 2, verses 8 through 14. The fourth candle of Advent symbolizes peace. We recall the words of the angels, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth. The shepherds did not feel peaceful when they first heard the words of the angel. They were terrified, yet they trusted those words given to them and they trusted God. Sometimes all we see around us gives us a different message from the message of peace. Yet we, like the shepherds, can follow God's words and trust in God's promises. The scripture reminds us that when we are fearful, we are often not thinking of peace. The angels calm the shepherds and send them forward with a task. Who are the people around us who need God's peace? Join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your son Jesus. Thank you for those in our world today who seek to act for peace. Help us to look for ways to be peacemakers at home, at church, in the workplace, in our schools, and in the Quad Cities. Amen. Why don't we stand and get ready to worship and greet each other in the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Are you saying 
see like Spanish yes or yes? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other F. Yeah, right. D, as in delightful. <laughs> yeah, thanks. How about we just get going because we're kind of late. I know. What do you think before they all sit down? Oh, they're not all right. One, two, one, two, three, four. Let's sing the fourth verse of Joy to the World today.
lifted up, hail the heaven for me. Hail the heaven, Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Light and life to all He brings. Risen evening in His
you know what? Christmas is so close. I hope you guys are ready. Did you get your gifts bought for mom or dad, brothers and sisters? If no gifts, at least you better make a nice card, right? So during Christmas time, we see a lot of these, don't we? But you know what? When I was little, all that you would have was red and white. Now, when I went to Walmart the other day, I found these really cool candy canes. Can you see? They're not even straight. They're trolls. And there's green apple. And there's, like, so many different kinds. Right? How fun is that? And I hang them on my tree, and when my grandkids come, they know that there's candy canes, like cool candy canes. But I really like the basic ones. So let me tell you how they got made. Do you know? Do you know, Parker? Do you know how they got made? No? Hold this basket for me. What do you think? How, how did candy canes get made? You're right. You're right. Very good. So um, in Germany, there was a candy maker, and what they did was they would make white candy and red candy, and they would just have them as sticks. But then he decided that he was going to twist them and twist them, and then it became a symbol of Jesus. He said, you know what? I want it to be a symbol like it's a J. And also as a shepherd's hook, because we need to know more about the Christmas story, right? And so it also became that red was a symbol of the blood that Jesus shed for us, and white was his pureness. And so when people had candy canes, that was a, a remembrance um, to just talk about Jesus and a little bit of a, a symbol and something to have in your home. Now, this is pretty cool, isn't it? Wouldn't that be cool if this was edible? But it's not. <laughs> Though, yes, I do have some for you. Yes, good call. <laughs> Later. Uh, let's go into a time of prayer, and then we'll go downstairs. Gracious God, we just love you. We thank you for sending Jesus for us, for the Christmas spirit, uh, for little Oliver being baptized today. Lord, we see the blessings before us. We just ask that you continue to work in our lives and allow us to know you in a deeper way. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You want to hold that for me? Okay, you can take that down. So we talk about the gift of Christmas, so I want you to know that we have an opportunity to worship him by the giving of, of our tithes and offerings. And as we receive this offering, I, I ask that we pray for the offering. Lord God, I thank you for all that you've given to us and the greatest gift of all, Jesus Christ. We now return to you our tithes and offerings and ask that you use them to further your work in this world. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
Thank you for the holy mystery of Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you for this incredible gift of sending your son into the world to be one of us so that we might know the way to become more like you. We thank you for the gift of eternal life and know that you came into this world to die on a cross for the things that we've done wrong, for the sins that we have committed. And as we all come from a different path, we're here now. And I ask that you will uh, you'll work in our hearts, in our minds to discern what you're calling us to do next 
Some of the roads are not going to be easy. Actually, none of them are. And yet, you empower us to, to, to move through life as your children, as your disciples. And Lord, one of the things you partner with us is through prayer. And you have put on our hearts people to pray for. And hear these names as we lift them to you. Lord God, I ask that you hear these names, both spoken and unspoken, and answer these prayers in your wisest ways. Hear us now as we pray together the prayer that you taught us to pray. Who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For that is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This time we have the awesome opportunity to witness a a sacrament called baptism. And Oliver James Pocket is here, and I think he's going to bring up at least his parents, um, because it's time for him to be baptized. Oliver James is brought forward for baptism. Hey, buddy, you are bright-eyed. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church and incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. As you bring Oliver James forward, I have some questions for you. On behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in His grace, and promise to serve Him as your Lord in union, which which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? And will you nurture... Oliver James, in Christ's holy church, that by your teaching and example, he may be guided to accept God's grace for himself, to profess his faith openly, and to lead a Christian life. This is not just for the family. It's for the extended family. It's for the whole church. Because wherever Oliver James roams, in life, there will be a family, a Christian family for him. And so, this is an important question that I ask you. Do you as Christ's body, 
the church reaffirm both your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ? If so, say we do. And will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and life and include Oliver James now before you in your care? If so, say we will. Let us pray. Oh, we're supposed to have water. Where's it? Oh, there it is. I knew we had it here somewhere. Hey, Oliver, watch this. Heavenly Father, pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water and the one who is to receive it, to wash away sin and to clothe him in righteousness throughout his life that dying and being raised with Christ, he may share in Jesus' final victory. All praise to you, eternal Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ, with you and the Holy Spirit, who lives and reigns forever. Amen. Hey, buddy, would you come to me? Huh? Oliver James, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. How about we all sort of reach out and touch? Oliver, can you do that? Put your hand on him now. The Holy Spirit work within you, that being born of the water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, Oliver, I want to show you something here. Here. Oliver, you see all those people out there? They're a part of a worldwide family. And they're going to, they've already committed to being there for you as you grow up, just like your brother and sister. And they're going to sing a song, I hope. Or, oh, there you are, okay. <laughs> and uh, as, I, as I take you for a walk, is that okay? So they can get a better look at you? All right, let's sing that song.
through baptism, you are incorporated by the Holy Spirit into God's new creation and made to share in Christ's royal priesthood. We are all one in Christ. The joy and thanksgiving, we welcome you as a part of the family of faith, the family of Christ. Amen. Without scaring them, let's welcome Oliver James. And Eamon and Callan, you know that uh, we have a couple things here. We have a prayer blanket for Oliver, and this is his his candle. Do you guys ever see these candles? I think both of you have one. Now, I have one. Yeah, Oliver has one. Now, you remember on and the anniversary of his baptism that you light that candle for him. That'll help him remember his baptism. And here's the certificate of baptism. God bless you and your family. Well, as I said earlier, this is the fourth Sunday of Advent. Christmas is about here. How'd that happen? Has anybody still got Christmas shopping to do? If you do, you're not going to admit it. <laughs> I do, so I'm right there with you, so don't worry about it. You know, if it isn't, if it, if it isn't Christmas Eve, it's really not Christmas shopping. You gotta, gotta be out there. We're looking at uh, a series that we've had, looking at a hymn that is 300 years old this year, "Joy to the World," and we've been selecting uh, titles from that hymn. Today, it's the wonders of His love. The wonders of His love. I'd like us to, to look at Luke 2, verses 1 through 6. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that, the, that a sentence should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quagrinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his holy word. Let's pray. Lord God, speak to us through your holy word. May the witness to your word be faithful. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Probably one of the most known scripture passages in the, in the world is John 
I bet you know it by heart. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world. The second verse right, or the verse right after that is verse 17. It said, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Save the world through him. I take that verses of, those verses as a reminder of the reality of the story of Christmas. It's real. It happened. And the truth is, we're really not that far from Bethlehem or that event that happened, which seems so long ago. You know, people throughout the years have recognized this. One of them is Peter Bruegel. He's a painter, Flemish painter back in the 1500s. And in 1565, he painted a, a painting called The Census in Bethlehem. And I think, yeah, there it is. You can't see it very clearly, but you may want to look it up. Bruegel, Census in Bethlehem. I like it because it looks like a Where's Waldo picture. You look at that and you go, well, where is Mary and Joseph? And there is a Mary and Joseph. You can see a close-up here. Is right at right. All the people of Judah. Yet a ruler of Israel will come from you, one whose origins are from the distant past, and he will stand to lead his flock with the Lord's strength and his, in the majesty of his name, the Lord God. It goes on and talks about the Messiah. But by the time Jesus was born, at the time of Jesus' birth, Bethlehem had dwindled in size and significance, and it was a, it was a small village, about three, 300 people, compared to Jerusalem, that at the time was around 40,000 people. It's bigger than it is now. And when Mary was due, about ready to give birth, Caesar Augustus, in all his wisdom, decided to decree a census to be taken and that everyone in the Roman world, the, the known world empire of, of the, the, the Roman, Roman Empire, told everyone to go to their town of heritage to register. So Joseph was of the line of David and was required to go to Bethlehem and register with Mary. Now, there are two lineage lines, one in Luke, the other one in Matthew. And uh, what some scholars tell us is that they don't match because one is of Mary and one is of, of Joseph. But you, if you read through those, you'll see that they both pass through the Davidic line or the line of David. And so both of them were from the house and lineage of David, and, and they were to travel to, to Bethlehem. Only one trouble. Mary was pregnant. She wasn't just pregnant. She's about to have this baby. Now this is where we pick up the story. Pick up the story of Mary and Joseph. It's, they're, they're young. Mary's probably about 14, 15 years old. And they are poor. We know that later on in the story where their offering that they give in the temple is one for poor people, is, is that what poor people would give. You know, Jesus was not born in some 
some fairy tale existence in land. He wasn't born in a palace. He wasn't even born in a hospital. He was born to a young, poor couple that had a journey before him. And this journey to Bethlehem was 90 miles. Now, you women who've experienced that eighth and ninth month of pregnancy, I want you to think about this. You have a journey in front of you, and you can't use your Toyota. <laughs> you got to waddle there, or you got to ride a bumpy mule there. The journey would have taken them about a week, seven days. And I'm sure they, they had to spend a lot of time resting. It may have taken longer than that. 90 miles. And while they were in Bethlehem, apparently shortly after they got there, Mary went into labor. Now think about this for a minute. Here was a small village, only about 300 people. And the emperor calls a census, and everybody has to go from that line and, and heritage has to go to Bethlehem. The place was flooded with thousands and thousands of people. Obviously, there was no room at the end. So to take refuge and finding a place, they ended up in a stable. Has anybody ever grown up on a farm where, where there were livestock and, and, and buildings where livestock stayed? That's, that's really a clean place, isn't it? Get in touch with the smell. Get in touch with the thick dust and the dirt and the filth, and you'll have it. You know, we like to clean it up. But the truth is there's no cleaning up this story. This is where Jesus was born in a stable. Now, my question to you is, if, if you were God, is this how you would come into the world? Or if you, could, if you could do anything, if you could choose anything, would you choose to be poor and vulnerable and powerless? I want you to think on this. God loves people so much that he came into the world as one of us. Not as some king in a palace, just an ordinary person. One way to put it is Jesus became what we are so that he might make us to be what he is. And all this is done out of his love for us. For God so loved the world. Now, Talk about the greatest gift imaginable, and you have it here. In this season, it's important for us to receive the gift of God and its reality. You can receive that gift, but be careful. Let me give you a warning. If you truly accept this gift, it will change your life. You will change. You'll become something different, something more like Jesus. In other words, if you accept this gift, you might seek to put others first rather than yourself. 
And you might begin to allow yourself to be vulnerable and humble and compassionate toward others. You might learn to love God and to love your neighbor as yourself and, and begin to live out that real and tangible ways in your life. You might see yourself becoming more and more like God who became like us in the birth in Bethlehem. For Jesus coming into the world is a coming together of two things. It's a coming together of God and humanity. God and us coming together. <laughs> it seems so long ago, after over 2,000 years. How can, we, how can we identify? How can we come even close to identifying? How do we connect with this? What can we hang on to? I uh, was able to go to, to Israel, Joy and I, years and years ago, and uh, learned some things that changed my way of thinking. It was kind of neat to be able to stand where Jesus stood and, and uh, be in places where he was at. And, um, when I got back, I decided that I, I wanted something that could help me connect. And so I, through a, a coin dealer, purchased a coin that was actually minted. It's a Roman coin, and no, it didn't cost a fortune. Um, sort, of like, sort of like buying a, an arrowhead in this country, you know, because these are probably excavated. This is a, this is a denarius. And it, it has Caesar Augustus' uh, profile on the front of it and a couple of uh, uh, distinguished uh, people on the back, uh, uh, Jairus and, and Lucius. But um, it helps me connect. You know, here's, here's a coin that was circulated when Jesus walked this earth. There's nothing magical about it, but I, I dream. Like who, who, who touched this coin? Some early Christians? Did, did maybe a disciple? Did Jesus ever have this coin in his hand? It helps me connect. And uh, I want you to see this coin up close, so at the end, uh, I'm going to stand in the back and, and I'm going to put it in your hand. Um, I want you to give it back. <laughs> I wish I had enough for everybody, but I don't. Um, I just have this one. But I want, you to, I want you to be able to connect between that time and this Christmas. But even a greater connect than this coin is the reality of Bethlehem, the birthplace. Bethlehem, the forgotten town. Bethlehem, where there was a stable, dirty and untidy. Bethlehem sounds a lot like us because of our sinful, what seems like sometimes insignificant life 
untidy, a mess. And Jesus came into that situation just like our lives. The hope of Christmas is to become our true selves in the baby born in the manger. Our true selves. He came to where we are. That's what I love about Bethlehem. It wasn't a palace. I, I can't identify with a palace. I can identify with a stable in Bethlehem. He came to where we are. He, he was born to us. Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus, born in the world so that we can truly identify with him. Now this is my challenge for you this week as we celebrate Christmas. Allow yourself to get wrapped up in the reality of God with us. For God so loved you that he gave his only son. Through this Advent season, I've been selecting prayers from different people. This one comes from Bonnie Gray. It's from Why It Takes Courage to Choose Joy. So let's close with this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, help me to hear your voice. Touch me once again. Give me the courage to be your beloved. Give me courage to choose joy. I need you now this Christmas. Be born in me again today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're going to close today with the song, What a Glorious Night. And as you sing it, we're telling the story that happened over 2,000 years ago on Christmas Eve. What a glorious night. One, two, one, two, three, four. The shepherds came to Stood by his mother's side Here lay the Savior Inside a manger Oh, what a glorious night Oh, what a glorious night I hear, I hear the angels singing Hallelujah, let the earth receive her wonder they couldn't hide and told everyone inside all were amazed when they heard how God came down on this glorious night God came down on this glorious night I hear the angels sing
this coin if it uh, if it will help you realize that you're not that far from Bethlehem I'm gonna gonna hand it to you so you can look at it and and then please hand it back <laughs> I don't know if you know Doug Pearsall in the first service he he looked at it and somehow he, he made the shift and tried to hand me back a quarter <laughs> it's already happened don't try it but as you go into this as you go into this uh, wonderful week of Christmas Remember that you're not that far from Bethlehem. It's real. It happened. And it made all the difference in the world. So go and share your faith with someone who needs love, forgiveness, or hope. Point them toward God. Let him save them as he is saving you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the people of God shouted. Amen. Amen. I hear the angels Jesus 
with Annabelle because yeah. I didn't know where to go hide. And I, and then I squeaked out on one, and I'm like, oh, that's so bad. I mean, she sounded great. I know. She did, she did great. She's a little angel. It's the best time of the year. I don't know if there'll be snow, but have a 